check. Welcome to Ballot's Room Check, the only place where you can't get Doc for a noise complaint. Today we have Dr. E.A. Paxson here with us to talk about her time at TAMS and what she anticipates its future might look like. Please welcome Dr. E.A. Paxson. At TAMS, you know, like it's, it's very, there's a very stark difference between TAMS life and, you know, your regular high school life. The main difference, you know, between um, your relationship with your peers. So your peers are much closer. You live with them pretty much 24-7. So out of like all of the things you uh, have experienced with your friends or colleagues or peers uh, over the, your course of study at TAMS, what is your most cherished TAMS memory? My cherished TAMS memory? Yes. Um, I, it, it's hard to say. I, I you know, that's a, a, a pretty uh, intense time of life, generally speaking. And then you're with, um, like you said, you're living with your friends the entire time. And it, I, it's, it's challenging to say that there's just one cherished memory. Um, I think that maybe it was, and it's hard to also, I think, convey to people who weren't, who weren't there, but it, it's probably, um, you know, one of the first nights that we were at TAMS and a lot of us had gone out to the lake as a group. Um, and we just, you know, that was the first time I think that we all sort of let our guard down and it was really the beginning of a close friendship uh, between the people that I really considered myself to be closest to. Um, it's a little bit of a funny story in that we were there at the lake and um, not doing anything bad or illegal or anything like that. It was just that it's a bunch of teenagers at the lake and the cops came up and um, <laughs> to see what we were doing and you know we'd all kind of separated a little bit sorry we're babysitting <laughs> Walter stop it um and uh so the cops came up and uh we couldn't understand what they were saying and we're you know we're at the lake and they're shining a flashlight and half of us thought he was saying turns towards the lake and half of us thought he was saying turns toward the light and so everyone is just you know turning back and forth and it he ended up letting us go and basically said you know you guys just be careful we'll let you go but tomorrow you guys need to come back and clean up clean up this lake area uh and so we did and we met them there the next day and I think one of my girlfriends uh didn't realize that they were actually out kind of walking around the area uh, where there were some trees and she and the policeman said that you know he she nearly peed on his boot and so he's right right behind her um but I think that's probably one of my favorite memories just because again it was sort of like the the start of our relationships together yeah that's 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 a really interesting story because um like when you when you put a bunch of people together right like bad things are bound to happen like regardless <laughs> if you're like doing bad things or not so like you know and then like it doesn't matter whether like the experiences are bad or good. Um, the fact that you you like you remember this so many years later means that it was like such a significant memory. 
And I think like that's one of the main reasons why like the friendships are so close at hand is because like really big things, regardless of whether they're good or bad, happen. For sure. Sorry. Yeah. Again. Curiosity. Was this the same lake that where like Goatman's bridges, or is that like is it was it something different? Yeah, I have to. I'm gonna move to a different room. They're like being so loud. Um you know, I'm not sure. It's out at Lake Louisville. Um it, it might be. I'm not sure. I never I didn't I wasn't driving at that point. <laughs> So uh, moving on to the next question. Um, so like, you know, it's been it's been like a, a couple years since uh, you've been at TAMS and a, a bunch of things have changed, like na namely the tuition. Um, so if you like, ha uh, do you have any questions about like um, how TAMS has changed specifically from like a student perspective? Or um, like any like in general. Uh, Do I have questions? Yeah, like like in case you were curious about like how oh. landscape has changed. You know that my daughter is there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, I think that I, I sort of have a, a good idea from her uh, perspective. I think that I'm, you know, pretty lucky in that she and I have a fairly close relationship. So she tells me everything that goes on at Tams. <laughs> uh, from a student perspective. Uh, and um, so I think a lot of ways things have stayed the same. Um, but, you know, obviously the administration got smarter and smarter about uh, things that the students probably shouldn't have been doing. Um, so there's a lot more rules for you guys. I think that the sorry, my great Dane can open doors and here he is <laughs> following me. Um, but I, I think that uh, uh, the uh, demographics have probably changed a little bit since I was there, like you said. And, and I actually was, um, so this was my own ignorance, but when my daughter applied and was accepted, and I think, no, she hadn't started yet. I actually thought that the um, way that payment and everything and was set up was the same as when I went there and I thought you only had to pay for room and board I didn't realize it was a, <laughs> a scholarship <laughs> so when it came time to pay the bill I was like Mina what what is this this is like <laughs> so much more than I anticipated and then I actually read all the stuff that uh the TAMS administration had sent and I realized oh you guys just get a scholarship now and we didn't have to pay the um, program fee when I went either. So, yeah, it was a big surprise, the uh, bill that I had to pay. <laughs> yeah, so like then my perspective would be like, do you think it has evolved or stagnated in terms of like its quality? Like, um, do you think that like even like 10 years from now, like, TAMS would be like a better experience or like what is the trajectory of TAMS basically from your experience personally? Um, I think that it it should evolve. I think that if uh, the program were to remain stagnant um, then it would sort of be stuck in the times of the 90s. Um, so I think that it should evolve and I think it will continue to evolve. I hope that um, 
you know, the, the, the issue with having so many rules in place um, and guidelines and tracks, um, it has its place um, to prevent chaos. And um, I think for students at your age to still be supervised but I do think that it can also lead to suppression of um, innovation, um, critical thinking. Uh, I do think that students and people in general need to have some uh, risk-taking and some thinking outside of the box uh, that isn't suppressed by um, guidelines and rules. So that's the only piece that I worry about um, with so much structure and the different tracks and requirements that I see at this point. Yeah, like, um, initially it was just like, uh, was it, it was like the two tracks and then they, and then they added uh, a bunch more tracks, which I, I personally think is a good thing, right? Because like, despite like it being like a STEM school, um, the arts is like like the arts and media is still like a very important part of you know like just innovation in general which so uh, if I if I heard you correctly right you were basically commenting on <clears throat> how like TAMS has evolved like you you know like usually as something grows bigger and bigger there's more and more overhead more and more administration and it just kind of gets bloated right and if the trajectory of you know TAMS goes like and it's too bloated then it kind of constricts the um the students from like doing any innovation so my question would be like what would your ideal like of like ideal environment for TAMS be like how much rules how many regulations and how free like when you when you want to like send say like your daughter like Mina for instance to TAMS like what would your ideal environment be you know, I, I think that um, we have to make sure that the students are safe. Um, I think that the demographics um, for TAMS uh, right now does lend itself to have students that may come from environments that tend to be a little bit more strict. Um, there may not, they may not have uh, the breadth of experiences uh, and when they go to TAMS and that sort of opened up, uh, there, there has to be some guidance and um, teaching the students about how to interact with each other and how to be respectful. Um, and I think that as long as those standards and guidelines are taught and reinforced, then I would hope that students would be allowed to choose classes that they felt were um, gonna lend themselves to um, A, the um, sort of mission of the school, right? So it's the Texas Academy of Math and Science, um, but also provide them with more knowledge um, so that they aren't so rigid in logic and they can, again, be innovative and be creative and think outside, outside the box. So that, that's what I would like to see is just that the core principles are there but that they're allowed to explore other, um, other studies, um, 
but it doesn't necessarily have to be a track. Um, for me, I guess, I don't know why there has to be sort of a music and arts track, why it couldn't be a TAM student who is encouraged to take those classes if that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you make a great point in saying that, you know, the best thing about TAMS isn't the program itself, but the people that go through it. Like the, the, the students who go there. And then like, I remember going to TAMS. I've, I've never seen like so many talented people and like so many people with like such a diversity of interests and passions. Um, and yeah, like I, I completely agree with you and the, with the fact that a lot of these passions can be like very constricted in the way if you know, right. it's too much bureaucracy. Sure. Yes, exactly. And, and, I, and, I, and I really like that you brought up the word passion because I do think that that's also important um, for us to mentor and foster. You know, I, I would certainly rather see um, people involved in TAMS who want to see the, student, the students grow, not necessarily the program grow, but that each individual student is encouraged to find their passion and that we can help them with the resources to pursue them, whether that's a class or, you know, finding other ways to engage with them, finding the mentors through TAMS alumni. And and I do think that that's something that, um, you know, Russ has tried to um, sort of encourage and foster with our alumni groups. Um, I, I think that, you know, it's a double-edged sword a little bit, the career paths that TAM students tend to pursue, um, are, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty difficult. And so after you guys leave TAMS, it makes sense that you're going to be concentrating on your studies, you know, doing your best, um, volunteering, trying to get into medical school or business schools, um, and you don't have the time to be a mentor or to sort of um, give back to TAMS in a non-financial way. And then once we are able to, you know, you're my age and, and we might be more, a little bit more out of touch with uh, what teenagers are doing or going through or the processes that you guys are, are having to, to go through for applications and, and job seeking and things like that. But I, I, I think that too many administrators um, can be a problem, um, especially if it's more that they're looking at, you know, finances and test scores uh, and growing the program above what the individual needs of the students are. Yeah, I think you make a great point. And uh, as you said before, you know, like there's the biggest difference in terms of how TAMS has changed over the past few years is basically just administration, like administration changes. And just, I, I think it's a direction that the administration wants to take in terms of, oh, this program is like produces results. Like there are people who go on from um, the TAMS program who are extremely successful. And then they try to, and then because of, if they see that, they capitalize off of it, right? They say, okay. Now it's, and then it slowly turned into like a machine, basically. That's, that's usually how like most companies, like not companies, but like these organizations <laughs> in general kind of work, especially in terms of administration, really. which, uh, which is a, it's a very dangerous path that um, 
that Tams can take, obviously, which which you've pointed out very well. And well, yeah, and I think you know, again, I I mean, I see the point of it all, and you know, just from a business stand, if you're looking at it from a business and financial standpoint, part of what TAMS relies on is funding from, you know, the Texas legislature and the Texas legislature doesn't really care that, um, you know, that doesn't really necessarily care about the good for humanity that TAMS provides. That's hard to quantify, maybe is how I should say that. Um, but they can see test scores and they can see acceptance rates and, um, and those metrics. Um, and so maybe that's why the focus has been um, on that over the last few years so that we can continue to ensure funding. And, and, and hopefully there'll, there'll be a paradigm shift um, over the next few years where that isn't necessarily the focus. And it is more on um, you know, the contributions that the TAM students provide um, for the community, um, for the job fields, and those sorts of things. Yeah, like, despite, you know, TAMS being a math and science school, it shouldn't be judged based off of its statistics. Right. Um, so, like, I, like, this, throughout, throughout, like, the past few years, we, we, we have kind of noticed somewhat of a paradigm shift towards more holistic review, like, namely, you know, being being um, from colleges, for example, or colleges like pretty much plastered on every one of their websites is holistic review. And, you know, you can still apply if you like don't have the stats, but you can make up for it in how you write and how you express yourself. So like this kind of trickles down in a sense uh, from because universities have a huge pull, not only in terms of, you know, education, but also in terms of how they um, affect government and how they affect, you know, just society in general. So uh, do you believe that TAMS will kind of just die out if it keeps focusing on uh, statistics and like this, uh, a bloated administration? For instance? No, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll die out. Um, but I think that the draw, um, maybe a different demographic. Um, but I, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll ever die out per se. I mean, it still, you know, pushes out quality students who can certainly get the scores um, and get into the different colleges. And that's, that has its place as well. Yeah, like the demand will always be there for, you know, education the demand will always be there for people that can get the job done and are smart you know but whether or not they also have the components of you know just common sense um it, it, it's hard to say i mean that that those are the things that are sort of x factors is how innovative can this person be you know, are they creative as well? Um, you know, it, there's always those X factors uh, that come from personality, um, things like that, that, you know, I, I hope that TAMS will be able to foster. 
I guess the next question that I have for you is kind of more of like a nostalgic question, but do you have a favorite place on campus and, or do you have any memories associated with that place or, um, and also like how has that place changed in your opinion? Um, I, I don't know how, I, I think that things are a little bit different than when I was there. Um, you know, when I was there, we were not necessarily required to go to class. <laughs> um, and so a lot of us did not go to class. Um, and so we spent a lot of time uh, in our dorm, in our rooms. And the area that's behind Matt Cafe used to have this beautiful tree and picnic tables out there that were made out of wood. And at that time, it was called the smokers tables um, because <laughs> that's where the students would go and smoke. And I will say that I was not a smoker, um, but many of my friends were. And again, we, we would sometimes sit out there from, you know, breakfast until dinner, hanging out there, um, even till curfew. Uh, obviously that the entire campus is not smoking uh, and the tree is gone. Um, of course, the tables are gone, but that's probably where we spent most of our time is out there at the quote unquote smokers tables that are, I don't know if you guys even have a name for that anymore, that area, the courtyard maybe? Is it Mac Park? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, we call it like Mac Park or something, but it's seldom used now, really. Really? Yeah, it's just like. Everyone goes through there, but that's because, like, that's basically, like, the exit towards um, Bruce Cafeteria. Or sure. Yeah. yeah so. And my room, my room was, is, like, the second window on that side. I think it's not, maybe not even a room anymore. It's not, it, it may be where you guys have the, um, like, nurse's station type place or something. Anyway, so I could see out there, too, and see if my friends were out there. <laughs> so um, that's probably my my favorite place but you know Mina tells me that they go and study at at the union and at um I think they maybe go to like sage is that right y'all study there sometimes yes uh, <laughs> I, think, I think the shift has mainly gone from like hanging out outside to just going indoors really because uh, from my experience like only like tennis kids usually only like stay indoors um like like the facilities like I remember Willis just being a, it's a place for people to go to study and then also the dorms, especially. And I think the hangout spot has shifted from Mac Park to Mac Cafe, which is like an indoor, um, it's like with, with uh, couches and everything. Right, no, we had, you know, Mac Cafe actually looks pretty much the same as it did when I was there. And we definitely had groups of people that like to hang out in Mac Cafe. And after curfew, that's where a lot of us would hang out. Do you guys still call Smitty Study, Smitty Study? I think, <laughs> I think we just yeah. call it city. Oh, okay. Uh, but there was a group that kind of hung out in there as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would say probably the smokers tables is where um, I have sort of my fondest memories, but that's because we hung out there from, sorry, uh, from, you know, like I said, all day long. 
I think Russ used to say back in the day that Mac Cafe was actually like a cafeteria and people were able to go downstairs and eat food, which would have been so much more convenient than having to go across the street for Bruce. But yeah. Well, that was then even before my time because we we did we never ate in there except for like pizza after curfew. So um yeah, that we we would we still ate at Bruce. We ate at Bruce and then I guess we went to like Kerr Hall. Is that right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That was open on the on on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um I don't I don't remember uh anybody bringing us any food in Matt Cafe. Yeah, like so speaking of food, which cafeteria was your favorite? Uh Kerr or Bruce or like they've opened a bunch of new ones, like um West, for example, is like a um, uh, allergy-free cafeteria that they built like like very recently. Um. Well, we would only go to Kerr on the weekends, really, and they had that nice buffet. I don't know if they still do. Uh. Yeah. Wait. Pretty much all of the cafeterias are like a buffet now. Like, there's always there's like salad bars, and um, basically like a buffet style. Mm. Yeah, it was not like I don't I don't recall it being quite like that. But no, we thought we were eating fancy if we went over to Kerr. <laughs> I think the sentiment is still the same. Like hmm. the big thing about Bruce is that they have rotisserie chicken, and um, <laughs> yeah, people and then people generally like Kerr more. Generally, obviously, like I think Bruce is better, personally speaking. Um, Bruce, I just don't feel like it. I I don't. I can't remember ever having a good meal there, but we ate there, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it was just a place to go put food in our bellies. I was wondering if there were like any professors that you had like funny stories from or any professors. I don't know if there's a lot of them that we still have. Um, Acre, right? Uh, oh yeah, Acre, maybe Acre. Acre's been around for a while. Um, yeah, I have some. Yeah, Dr. Aya was my um, my pre-cal and calculus professor, uh, and I know he's still there. But unfortunately, there aren't any stories that I feel like I can share. Stories that you- those will have to just be those have to just stay in the in the <laughs> mind vault. Okay, yeah, I completely. Agree. <laughs> I'm doing it. Let's go. Go to your dinner. And I think the last question that we have for you is, um, how do you feel like your experience was different from your daughter's experience? I know you kind of touched on this earlier, but yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I genuinely feel sorry for you guys as far as what COVID did uh, and how it's impacted, you know, the end of your junior year and your entire senior year. So I don't know that when she looks back at the experience, it'll be anything like when I did, when I was there. Um, also, you know, when I was there, we didn't have um, as many rules. Uh, and it was probably easier to get around some of the rules. Um, also, we didn't have the, even just something as simple as the fact that you know, teenagers can only have um, 
one uh, one other teenager in the car with you. Isn't that right? Yeah, like one non-family member or something like that. Right. The one. So, you know, it wasn't like that when I was there. So we would take two cars filled, you know, with 10 people. Um, so we were, we were uh, always. Do that. Right. <laughs> so you're not supposed to do that. I don't know if you guys do or not, but you're not supposed to. Um, but we could, and we took full advantage of that. So every weekend we, we spent, you know, going out, um, hanging out somewhere. Um, and I, I think that there was a heavy focus for us on this more social aspect of things. I do feel like Mina has been more studious than I was, I guess might be the best way to describe it. You know, she, when, when she would um, FaceTime me in the evenings, even when she was at TAMS, you know, typically she was with her friends, but they're like together studying. Um, also, I, you know, when I was there, we didn't have cell phones and all this. You just had your phone in your, in your room and, and your answering machine. And we were really um, set apart from our parents. I didn't, I went days without talking to my parents. Um, there were times when I wouldn't even go home for a closed weekend because, you know, they were three hours away. Um, and it was fine. And, and I don't recall going more than a couple of days without talking to Mina or her talking to her brothers. Um, and certainly, you know, obviously we text, um, fairly regularly. So I, I feel like there probably wasn't the same sort of truly independent from your family and having to figure things out on your own. Um, you know, there, there was, I, I can remember, and, and obviously we live, we live closer than my parents did when I was there, but if she says, you know, oh, mom, I forgot this, I could drive up there and give it to her. Um, where if you forgot something, then you, you don't have it, you know? Um, so I, I think in those ways, it's different. I don't know. I hope you guys will have the same closeness to your classmates that I did um, back then, from back then. I mean, I'm still in contact with many of my classmates. Yeah, like, no worries about the friend thing. Like, I, I personally will, like, have friends that I'll remember for the rest of my life, which is, which I, I'm very thankful to have. That's great. I think that's good. And I, and I think she will, too. It's just, you know, I mean, I don't, you guys obviously aren't. And, and my, my, my junior year, we were allowed to stay out for prom night all night long. We didn't have to come back till 7 a.m. the next morning. They changed that the year afterwards. Um, we, I think we had to come back at 3 or some 3 a.m. or something like that. But, you know, I mean, there was lots of good memories um, from there um, that I felt I, I, I felt badly for you guys that you, you wouldn't be able, you weren't able to experience that. Yeah, I don't even think we had a problem like at all. 
you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because it's like I, all a blur, really. We were we were let out. We were given an extra week of spring break, and then suddenly we like we were cut off from everything. I know. Yeah, for sure. I uh, you know I because that first Saturday of spring break is when I bought you know Mina and I went out to buy her a prom dress, which oh. was a, a huge waste of money because by the end of the week is when everything sort of started to shut down. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, and then like I think, you know, like going virtual and everything, it it really just became like a regular high school experience because like really the the benefit of camps comes from the people and the intimacy of the environment. And right. It really did feel like going back to regular high school when when everything was virtual. For sure. I mean, I, and I think that, you know, for Mina, um, the people that she hung out with or she hangs out with now are probably more her friends from school before TAMS um, than the ones that, that she made at TAMS. And of course, you guys are spread out all over the state. Uh, and that's just obviously not the experience that I had. I mean, we were, you basically are living with your you know, 20 best friends. Um, and, and that's, that's an experience that is, is really hard to describe to people who aren't there. Um, and, you know, I, I, I have, I have tons of stories that I've told Mina about my time at TAMS and, you know, the things that my friends and I did and, um, and, you know, I, I just, you know, she's not going to have those experiences. Her experiences will be very much like they would have been had she not gone to TAMS, uh, except that she has, you know, more free time during the day when her friends are still in school or um, doing their virtual schooling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I think that's very interesting and you know, like it's it's a it's a combination of a lot of factors really that that led to like <laughs> I, I wouldn't say poor, but like a much more different social experience. Because like when you leave TAMS or you leave any school, right? You can leave with an education. You education is basically, you know, like the quality of education is great. And if you leave TAMS, you can expect to have like a great education. And that, that goes for many other schools, but uh, what's unique is that like you can leave TAMS not with friends that you'll forget in like a few years but like friends that you will never forget right you know I um when when Mina was applying to TAMS um her dad and I both went to TAMS he was a year uh ahead of me um and I was very much in support of her applying and going he actually was not and um Uh, part of that reasoning is because he didn't, uh, he didn't like the social construct of Tams. I, but he was very much an introvert. I was very much an extrovert, love Tams, love the social aspect of it and being with your friends all the time. And, you know, his argument was that you could go take college courses if you really want to you know, get ahead. In fact, Mina had gone to a high school in ninth grade where she could have 
graduated, and I think in like three years or something like that. She also tends to be a little bit more social, and she asked to not go to that school anymore in 10th grade or before 10th grade. She was like, I don't want to do this anymore. <clears throat> so you're absolutely right. I think that you can get a good education in, in many different ways, but what made for me, um, TAMS to be such a valuable and endearing experience was um, the proximity to, to friendships and relationships um, that you just can't have uh, in an environment where you're living at home. Yeah, like you, I think you bring up a very interesting perspective where, um, let's say, for instance, it's very easy to get the rewards of a very of a very intimate social relationship or a social environment when you know you're an extrovert where you where you already have like you know the like the personality inside you to to do so but like from an introvert's perspective like i remember like there were times where i i felt like it's despite you know the proximity to some of your friends it's you still felt very lonely because uh and then because you like for a lot of introverts especially i i would empathize because it, it it's really hard because like the clicks for instance you know it's the clicks that are made like they once they become solidified really if you're not in one of them it's basically like you like it's basically like you're walled off like like any really like teenage social uh social group for instance so i think you bring up a very good perspective like the other side of the story where you know people who are introverts who, who like being by themselves can like have the sense of loneliness exacerbated by like the extreme like um haste and extreme in, uh nature of this kind of very rapid social environment yeah i i think that that is true um and certainly you know even when i look back at my my time at tams i know that there were students that sort of kept to themselves and were in their rooms more and and they they probably had a very different experience. Um, although at the time that I was there and I, and I hope it's still like that now, certainly those of us that were extroverts did, you know, welcome and were always very nice and kind to, to anyone. Um, when I look back, I cannot recall anyone any sort of bullying issues um, at TAMS. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of anything like that. And, and for us back then, while there was there, you know, there were definitely groups where you're more friendly and, and close. Our friend, our friend circles definitely had a lot um, of overlap. Um, so, you know, I, I hope it's like that. I hope it's like that still. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, like what I've, what I've really noticed throughout my time at TAMS is that despite, you know, like the intimacy, like you know, it's, it's still a bunch of kids in, inside like a school, like it's still very high schoolish, but it, in, in a sense, it's, it's very much mitigated by you know, like just like the people, like the the properties of <laughs> the personality and properties of the people who attend the school. Let's say, like like a lot of them are very very nice people, and I think that's like 
the admissions process really looked for like very inclusive and very diverse people. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and certainly I think that that uh, plays a big role in things is, you know, the, the people choosing who goes to the program, um, you know, they have to be, they have to be good people too. Um, and I think that that's how hopefully a good legacy um, is perpetuated, which I think is in the past. Um, and I honestly don't know how, how admissions, how the admissions process worked this year. Um, but I think that that's a good reason to continue to have uh, TAMS alumni be involved in the admissions process is um, we know the culture, we sort of know what we would like to see for our future um, and hopefully can be of assistance in, in, in recruiting those type of people. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, if the people that are applying see that this is what, this is how, what the student grows up to be, you know, then maybe we'll have better success or the type of success that we want to see. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And uh, on that note, I think we're out of questions. So if you don't have any questions for us or about the program um, or like about room check, um, thank you so much for your time. And yeah, that's, that's all we have for you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thanks. I enjoyed talking with you guys. Take care. Thank you so much. Once again, thank you so much to Dr. Paxson for taking time out of her busy schedule to join us today and make sure to keep an eye out for our next episode of Room Check.